Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Padraplegics Podcast. We have today a very special guest. He is a longtime advocate for accessibility, the strong, the powerful, the retired Army Staff Sergeant, Mr. Gordon Moy. But before we get to Gordon, you know, I always got to go through these housekeeping items. First of all, we would like to thank the Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Association for all you do for us. Their website is azspinal.org. You can call them at 602-507-4209. This podcast can be found on YouTube, azspinal.org forward slash podcast, Facebook, and the Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Friends Group, Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Uh, Don, Eric, LaRonda, and myself have 100 plus years of living with disabilities. We are not medical professionals, so if you are having medical issues, please contact your doctor. There will probably be mature language and content, mostly from LaRonda and Eric, not myself. Um, <laughs> and like we said before, we are not medical professionals, uh, so do not sue us. If you sue anybody, like always, sue Eric. Wait a minute. And Last time we included everyone. <laughs> yeah, this time it's just you. We're back to you. You got all the money. Today's special guest, Mr. Gordon Moy. Gordon, thanks for being here. Um, I'll start off with the same thing we kind of talk to everybody about. What is your disability uh, and how you became disabled? Uh, was it, were you born with it? Was it an accident? Okay. Name is Gordon Moore, as you said. Um, my injury is a T12L1. I'm a para, and that happened in '86. It was a training accident. Uh, nothing, nothing dramatic. Uh, it was just a real bad day, a bad driving day, and and the vehicle flipped. And from that point on, it was trying to figure out the spinal cord injury stuff. And a great help was the Paralyzed Veterans of America. Um, so, and um, I lost my concentration there for a minute, I'm sorry. And I've been with them ever since. Uh, I, had a, um, I had a service officer come in. That's why I got interested in being a service officer. I had just got back up to Boston and he came into he came into my room and I had no idea who he was. He says, I'm from the Paralyzed Veterans of America and not being paralyzed. It's like, okay, who are you and what are you going to do for me? Because right, right about now, I need help. And he told me not to worry about it. And to this point, it's been true. I had not have to worry about equipment or anything else. And that sort of led me to getting involved with the organization and plus they were paying me which is a, always a wonderful thing i'm a volunteer basically now but um i worked for about two years as a service officer another two three years as a associate director of sports that's where i learned about quad rugby kind of on the job uh, with the organization i put on the first Quad rugby clinics. I don't know if you played rock. You're probably too young to have heard even about some of those quad rugby clinics, but I put on about six or seven of them in different parts of the country. 
to include Puerto Rico. And uh, been doing that, moved out here. I wanted to stay as a sports director, but I was told I couldn't work from home. Now everyone's working from home. So <laughs> Isn't that interesting how that works? <laughs> crazy how that works. So I took, I took retirement. I mean, I'm, I'm 67 years old. So it was time I had always told myself either I'm not working until I die, <laughs> not happening. So I've been, I've been out here for about 20 years. I'm married. Uh, I have a daughter, daughter from my first marriage and uh, a son with my wife here, which is, well, he's my son. The um, service officer, um, I wanted to ask you a quick question about that. Um, do you think, are all the vets, are they aware of service officers? Are they, you know, is, it seems like, like I didn't know about service officers till I started volunteering for the vet center. There, most, most guys get out of the military and they're not told anything like that. I mean, I wasn't told anything about the VA or what I was entitled to or anything. And that's where service officers came in. He came in and told me, hey, you're entitled to this, you're entitled to that. And most guys don't know. They let you go. They prepare you for one thing in the military. And we all know what that is. And it's, they don't, know, they don't really prepare you to get out. <laughs> They prepare you to stay in and do your job is what they do. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know what that job is. So we don't need yep. to expound on that. <laughs> oh, you you said you've been you've been injured since eighty six. Eighty yes. six. Yeah. And so have you you've been working for the PVA since then? I've been I've been working with the PVA for I worked with them. Well, I'm with them now. And, and I've always been with the PVA in some capacity since 87. I got hurt in June of 86 and started as a service officer early in 87 and, and, and worked until I guess 95, my wife and I moved out here. They told me I couldn't work out here, which I could, but politics is politics. And I retired, got into, got into horses with my cousin. He's still in it, but it was really too much like work. So <laughs> I did that with him for four or five years. Once I reached my 55, that was my cutoff. I don't work for no one after 55, unless it's myself. And knock on wood, I've been able to keep that promise to myself. Um, one thing uh, that I'm always having to inform people about that I wanted to just bring up with you is, you know, PVA, they're Paralyzed Veterans of America, but they don't just serve veterans. So that is part of what the old guys and the new guys have been fighting back and forth. We do now our service officers will advocate for non-paraplegics or non-spinal cord injury or dysfunction. Would they advocate for MS and 
um, ALS, but as far as benefits go, mm-hmm. you can speak to any one of our, our service officers and talk to them about your benefits. You don't necessarily have to be a spinal cord injury. But the name has been around since 1946, so it's kind of hard to change that. We've changed our logo several times, but the name, they're not going to give up the name. Well, one of the things that I, I've also heard is that, you know, you guys get donations of chairs and walkers and, and a lot of different medical equipment. And um, I don't think people realize that you guys are willing to give that to civilians, not just veterans. Anyone that comes in, veterans, veterans come in, we have a full, a full a full prosthetic locker. We have power chairs, anything from, you name it, bandages right up to power chairs. We have it. We have hospital beds. And, and again, vets come in if they need it, they pick out what they want and we make sure they get it. We make sure it's, it's serviceable. And, and uh, we ask for donations from non-service members but it's not mandatory it's not mandatory we just gave just gave away a car uh, an accessible van did you say a car an accessible van yeah well our our members get these things okay like we get equipment all the time and like all the equipment that i have when it's my time I'm going to donate all of that back to the PVA, and that's what that's what happens. Yeah. And our our goal is is to make a better life. It does not matter if you're military or not. I mean, you have a disability and you need it, and we can help. We will, no doubt. On that on that note, I mean, one of the things that I was going to talk to you about is being there for that long. Um, I mean, I can't imagine how many lives you've impacted yourself. Um, I, I, I can imagine that it's a very rewarding position for you um, as somebody who's been through it, as well as being able to help somebody. It, it is to, to see people come in and like I, and like we all were, when we're first injured, it's like, what in the world am I going to do? And yeah. to help to help folks travel through that, to me, is very rewarding. And to see the look on people's face, especially non-veterans, veterans are, they're, they're, they're spoiled and we spoil them because we've advocated for them. A veteran can come in to the, the VA and they have a spinal cord injury, they're automatically gonna get two chairs and any sports chair that they want, they're gonna get that. And yeah. if you're if you're hurt on duty, I will admit you get a nice sum of money, where it's not gonna you're not gonna be able to travel and have and have fourteen fifteen cars. You still have to work, but you won't go hungry. That's for sure. That's for sure. So what? I mean, look, I'm I'm a civilian. I, I've never had any really family that has anything to do with the military. So. When I hear a lot of people talk about problems with the VA and all these different, you know, 
complaints uh how difficult it is to get some things i mean is this primarily because it's people who are fully disabled or i mean i guess maybe you can help me work around that the va the va has a point system and and it, it, it depends on your percentage of of your disability on what you're entitled to um you can only go like my disability on paperwork is 120%. Well, that's ridiculous. They're only going to pay you to 100%. And most guys with spinal cord injury, they get 100% and, and, a, and a lot more. The PVA, we don't take enough credit for what it is we do. I'm not going to come down on Wounded Warriors because it's a great program. Being a, a director of sports, I, I am an advocate of guys getting out no matter what it is. If it's no more than just go sit by the lake and pretend to be fishing out here, that's all you do is <laughs> pretend to fish. <laughs> oh, you know, I saw fish and uh, we went on uh, we went on a biking path just the other day. There's fish in there. We there's fish. I see them all the time. It's a little aggravating to see them jumping, but they're not, they're not jumping on my hook. <laughs> right, right. What do you got to do to get them? You know. But um, to get back to your question, it is it is rewarding to see people. I mean, to run into a person. I went to a rehab center out here in 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 Tempe, and the woman came in, and she lived on a on a ranch, and her chair must have been a hundred years old. The foot pedals were gone. They had taken two by fours and, and used those to replace the foot pedals and all. And oh I goodness. said to her, I didn't know her. I gave her my card and I says, take this card, go to the office and tell them that I sent you. And I guarantee you, they'll give you a better chair. They don't want to believe it, but that's the way that works. It's exactly the way our, our prosthetic soccer works. And anyone can go in there. I mean, you think about what it is you might need. There's probably a possibility that we have it and we turn it over. 90, 95% of everything that we take in goes back out. You can check better business on that. No, that's an awesome program for sure. Go ahead, Eric. I, I was just going to say, Gordon, um, you know, I know the Arizona Spinal Cord Injury, they do have a program similar to that where they get donations, but I don't think it's near the scope of what you guys do. Um, you know, we, we have had vehicles donated in the past, but that's not very often. Um, and chairs and power chairs, but again, we, you know, it's sporadic, you know, maybe we'll get one or two a month. And, but they... At one time, we had 15 power chairs, so it's like, oh wow! And we're moving into a new building. We're closing down. We sold our building, but we signed a two-month lease because of the city of Phoenix. But I don't know if you know, we bought the old Spina Bill, Spina Bifida building, and that's going to be our new home. And we're still kind of working out our prosthetics. Is we're trying to give it away. We've got hospitals. And, and other therapists coming and, and taking stuff. I mean, even while I was, I was seeing a visiting nurse 
I was giving her equipment so that she could help service some of her other clients who have insurance. And there are people that that because insurance is that's a hit or miss proposition right there. You're not kidding there. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, no, no. Ask me. Um, So if uh, if if somebody wanted to donate. and say maybe they didn't necessarily live in Phoenix, but if they were in Phoenix, where where could they take it to to donate something? Well, our 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 national website is is uh, org. but if you want to donate to a particular chapter, not necessarily the Arizona chapter, I would suggest that you donate directly to the chapter as opposed to national. As you all know, when the money comes into national, they disperse it the way they want. And a lot of times it's not fair. <laughs> oh, it doesn't reach everyone equally. No, huh? no. And 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 like I said, here in Arizona, we 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 are one of the few chapters where again 95% of what we bring in goes back out into the community. So we got a bunch of guys that that are serious about it, but the problem is we're all getting old. And like I said, I'm 67. Our board is getting old. We have a hard time recruiting these new vets. They are running yeah. to wounded warriors. And again, wounded warriors and other organizations, even the Arizona Spinal Court association. Paul Mortensen started it, but he started it with the help of myself and Peter Quinn. Um, I was I was working with his daughter, and but she has passed away. She so many people can't can't take the life that we live. And okay. she was one of them. She pretty it's... much just she pretty much just gave up. It's not a picnic. I wouldn't worse wouldn't want my worst enemy to deal with it. But there are there are programs out there where you can be as active as you want. I mean. Yeah, right? I'm with you on that. I think that, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we started this whole thing. And one of the reasons why we bring people like you on um, is because we understand how difficult this can be on on somebody and I remember when 30 years ago or 20 years ago, 20, 20 years ago, sorry, I'm dating myself a little too much. 20 years ago, <laughs> when I got my accent, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't necessarily have anybody there to guide me through what some of the issues that I was going to happen or we're going to see foresee in, in, in my life. Um, and, and that's kind of why we're doing it, you know, is, is to be honest with everybody as well as to inspire them and show them there are other ways to make it through um, make it through yeah yeah and it, and you're right never give up never quit it's yep. that simple yep yep and uh-huh. you know you can always find a way to make it work if you if you just you know there's always a way to make it work and, and it may not that ideal. same concept that you said that you said sean the same concept is how the pva got started we got started in 1946 because the average time for someone to live 
with a spinal cord injury when they came back from World War II was less than nine months. The majority, they, they knew nothing of, of, yes, they knew nothing of, of bed sores, no, no idea about turning people. So they didn't know what to do. And the PVA got together and then the whole idea is to give people information, show them how to live, show them sports. And, and we work with research and development. I mean, we, we're one of the major sponsors of the Yale Project, if any of you know what that is. And we're one of the major sponsors. We have people sitting on the board. They're looking for a, um, a cure to, for spinal cord injuries, basically. That's just the basics of it all. So are they working with, uh, who's the Tesla maker guy? What's his name? Oh, I don't Elon know. Musk. I have to ask my son about yeah, that. He's Elon Musk. For his cars. Well, <laughs> Elon Musk is doing all kinds of research on um, um, combining uh, electrical sensors with uh, connecting up the nerves. And he anticipates he's been stated on record he's like in the next couple of years we're going to find a way to make this work so i mean i, I forget so. was it five years or something like that but he 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 made a pretty pretty uh he said three to five three to five i mean that's a he pretty bold statement okay. well a he's clear putting, understanding he's, he's as putting to people up in space a lot quicker than the federal government is so that's true that's true I and he's put it past him He's able to, yeah, I mean, the landings that he can make with his rockets are amazing. Guy's good. So I wanted to say, I wanted to, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's reel it back in for a second. (laughs) Sorry about that. I I wanted to talk to you about, now you said that you have helped start up the Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Association, and you've also been an advocate for since 87 what are some of the major differences that you can see that are beneficial to people with disabilities now as opposed to maybe when you started or halfway through i have a bunch of friends who in denver they were chaining themselves in their wheelchairs to buses because they wanted curb cuts. It started with curb cuts and, and as far as spreading out. But as far as the PVA, we've been at this. We've been at this. Basketball would not be taking place. The, the, v, the VA hospital started basketball. And they, the, the guys started traveling from one VA the major VAs back then was in New York and Illinois. And so they used to have competitions in between. And one, one week they were there and they, they put together some bylaws and so on and so forth. And the PVA has been working tirelessly since then. I mean, we advocate, well, we're on the board of things. I was on the board for the building of, of the arena down downtown that the Suns play on. They had two two people. Matter of fact, the, the chairman of the board was in a chair. And he now has since passed also. But it was that back then no one cared. No one cared. And and the housing for grants, 
housing for grants or dis or spinal cord injury service guys went from thirty eight thousand to a hundred thousand, and that's because of our our advocacy up in Washington D.C. We're up there every year, and we have guys up there. Every day that they're open, we have guys up there working for a lot of service, a lot of service organizations. They don't do the training that we do. They're not as good as we are. And I, I mean that, and I'm not being facetious. They're not as good as, at what we do as we are. A lot of the innovations that have taken place with equipment and all of that, we're, we're at the forefront of all of that. You need to go to our website and check us out, pva.org. Definitely. And you know, then, and one last question on this subject. Um, when, you, when you think about the Americans with Disabilities Act, what is one part of that that you wish you could snap your fingers and change right now? That's a question I can't answer. <laughs> snap my fingers. <laughs> that's that's a tough one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, Sean, um, historical like historical buildings being able to be exempt from having, you know, access like things like oh that, yeah, you know, historical yeah. Or all right, bathroom stalls. What they say are accessible aren't necessarily accessible for every chair. I mean, you know. Some of those kind of things. This is what I think about sometimes, you know. But yeah, you know, I don't know. I've been doing I've been doing this for a long, long time, and it's come a long way. I mean, when we were first, when we were first, when I first started playing basketball, and we, as a team, would go get on the plane to come over here to the West Coast to play a team from California. It was it was a it was a mess. You think? It, my biggest pet peeve, I guess, now that I think about it, are the airlines. When when ADA came in, they were supposed to make the aisles wider. They were supposed to revamp all of that. Now all of that has just gone by the wayside. These young kids need to pick that up. And, and, and make sure because traveling traveling is for a new person it's a scary situation because most people are not advocates for themselves and and that's what you have to be well you bring up a real yeah, I, learned that, I learned that really fast um <laughs> i learned that really fast my first long trip that i ever took from being in my chair and i'm a power chair user um, I went to Hawaii and uh, they put my chair on the wrong plane. And so I landed in Hawaii and my chair landed in San Francisco. Oh. And so it's like, wait a second, what? And so then it took them two days to reroute me a chair. So two of my seven day vacation or whatever, 10 day vacation were gone because yep. I didn't even have a chair. They didn't give me anything. They had to pull one of those ones that, you know, like those four XL wide chairs that they have at the hospitals. I had to be wheeled around in that for a day. Like, it, was, it was brutal. And they didn't right? reimburse you or anything? 
No, they only reimburse you for shit for breaking it if they break it, right? I mean, that's a, a, the airlines are are a mess when it comes to this stuff, and then not to mention the fact of how embarrassing it is sometimes at the service that they give you and to help you get into a chair. So I need to be transferred into what they call an aisle chair, right? Anybody who's flown kind of knows what those are, but I need help transferring that. I can't do that myself. So they have somebody grab you behind your arms and under your legs. Well, in the process of that, at one time, they pulled my pants halfway down my leg. So they set me in the seat and they go, all right, cool. Later. I'm like, whoa, time out. You mean to tell me you want me to fly the rest of this flight with my pants all the way down? Like, how is that? Even? I had to make a big deal about it for somebody to come and fix it. You know, like just things like that. Like, it's just, I don't know. They make everybody wait, right? Like, it just takes Every, Everybody waits. I hate, I hate, and I travel a lot. I hate to be in the IOC. I'd rather bounce all the way across than having all these people that I don't know crossing over me, touching me. Um, I mean, that is yeah. one of my pet peeves, the planes and the aisle chairs. I mean, the aisle chair is uncomfortable for me. I'm, I, I'm a fairly big guy. And I go through there, they're, half of me is not on the chair and they're bumping my hips and there's not much back there after 30 plus years in a chair but skin and bones, and that could cause a problem immediately. There's a lot that could be changed, but there's a lot that that we need. We, we just can't give up and say, okay, well, I've got enough now. And I think that's what a lot of young spinal cord injured folks are doing is this, okay, so I've got all these chairs, I got wounded warriors and we're going to play and do all of this stuff. But yeah. I guarantee you, if the, if, the, if the PVA closes down, I'm not saying it's in trouble of closing down, but a lot of the advocacy for spinal cord injury and research and stuff would come to a screeching halt. I believe that, I believe that with all my heart. Yeah, I know the VA does. Now, is PVA connected to the VA? Because I know the VA does a lot of research. Um, are we connected to the VA? Yeah, as far as like the research and stuff like that goes, or you do, we, you do um, that as an independent organization? We work with them. I mean, they can't build a spinal cord clinic without us coming in there. We have, a, we have a design people that come in and design. They don't, so we have spinal cord clinics all over the country. As a matter of fact, here in Phoenix, we're serviced by three spinal cord wards at the San Diego VA, the New Mexico VA, and um, Long Beach. And those are strictly for spinal cord injuries, strictly. Now I know there's a, uh, there's a clinic, um, a spinal cord clinic, injury clinic in, um, in the Phoenix, downtown Phoenix one. It's uh, in all VAs, in all VAs, they have the clinics, but I mean, spinal cord wards. Oh, the wards where you go for rehabilitation, where we go for rehab and our annuals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but everyone has clinics and even the clinics. I mean, we had to fight for the clinic because they had the clinic in a small room and we just told them that's not going to work. It's not going to work. 
You have signs all over the building talking about respect to patients' privacy. So how can you have people separated by curtains and give them privacy? It doesn't work like that. So yeah. those are the things we change. We have a <laughs> we have a relationship with the VA hospitals. Some of them like us and some don't. Those who are not complying with their rules. They don't like us because we call in the morning. Yeah, yeah. You never really get any. You, you never really get anything done if somebody doesn't, unless somebody doesn't like you, right? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm here to do to do something, and we're going to do it one way or another. One way or another. Quick question. So, um, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Um, I was going to ask you about relationships. And your marriage and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So we're on the same page here, Sean. <laughs> so because that's such a big deal for our community, you know, um, you know, people are dealing with, you know, not being able to find someone or someone who understands or, or they're dealing with isolation where they just don't feel confident to go out into the world because they feel like they're going to be judged. I mean, it's, you know, it's a tough road. This is my analogy for that, okay? I was married twice. My first marriage, six years, and oh my God, I couldn't wait till it was over. But I did get a daughter out of that, and that's a good thing. But I met my, my present wife, and we've been married almost, I believe it might even be 25 years. Don't tell her I'm not sure, but I'm not sure. And, and there's, it's, it's just different. Number one, one of the things that you said is confidence. You just have to have confidence in yourself. And I hear a lot of people say, oh, I just feel everywhere I go, people are looking at you. Well, they are looking at you. Who cares? Do you really care? See, that's, that's a good thing, thing you ask me. <laughs> it is a good thing because between my first wife and my second wife, I had absolutely no, no problem. I mean, it helped that I lived in D.C. and it was eight to one. <laughs> so that helped a lot. You played the odds, I see. That's smart. See, that's smart. But, um, but also, like, uh, somewhat of an understanding. That's also why my first wife, we didn't last. Because when she married me, I was a, a, team, a team leader in the Army. I got hurt. And that was rough on her psyche. And I'm saying, huh, you walk every day. I don't walk. They're telling me that's done. And you're either gonna help me or you're not. And I wasn't getting the help from her. Then my second wife, she worked for the National Council of Independent Living. So she actually was yeah. One of you guys' boss, or you guys not so. Yeah. The Independent Living Center. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't boss. think Sean has a boss, do you, Sean? <laughs> hey, I, I like it in him. I don't either. No, oh, well. I've got a a co-boss. You got I'm a co-boss. Boss, but I got a co-boss. Yeah, <laughs> when well, you're, you're talking to your wife, right? Yeah. 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 Well, that's how it works. That's how it works. 
that's how it works. That's yep, how it your works. Your team and it's it works like that. You know, um, Gordon, one of the things I hear from um, a lot of people who, you know, are just becoming injured is they do, they lose their relationships, you know, their girlfriends, their wives, their, you know, uh, even support from their, their family. I mean, it's, it's been brutal. And, and some people, you know, um, they have, you know, where they almost go back to being a child again, you know, where they don't, they don't feel the need to move forward with their life. You know, they're just like, okay, well, everyone just take care of me. And I mean, there's so many different dynamics that happen with having a disability, but right now, I guess I'm trying to focus on the relationship part. You know, a lot of people have a hard time moving past that. And, and I mean, rightfully so, you know, if you have your heart broken by the person you thought you're going to be with for the rest of your life, you know, and have them walk out and be like, I can't deal with, okay, I, I know until death do we part, but this is, this is that stipulation where, where we just got apart. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really, that's kind of the situation that I was in. And I just said, because I've got to live like this. You don't have to. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but I've got to go because I've got to, I've got to, I'm not ready to leave this earth. So I'm not ready to shrivel up and die. And I spent 14 years saying, never quit, never give up. In the yeah. military, that was our saying, you never quit, you never give up. Yep. yep. And so this happened, and I had no idea what to do, where to go. But I knew this, I wasn't ready to quit, nor was I ready to give up. And the PVA helped that again, again, you just got to get active, find something there's always, I'm a firm believer. I wasn't, but I'm a firm believer there's someone out there for everyone. Even Sean? I mean, I'm just asking on that one. <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. Hey. hey. I'm just lacking. I'll tell you hey. that much. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, you know, I hear all the time, my, my cousin tells me all the time, I told you I was in business with him for a while. He He's the horse person. I was the money person. And I just make sure all those people paid him his money on time. But he said to me, I came out here to go to ASU on a football scholarship. And you know more about this area than I do. That's because you got to get out and, and, and stretch out, broaden your horizon. And, and a lot of people don't. It's that that's, that woe is me, woe is me mentality. Yeah, it's yeah, so easy. A lot of people go ahead, Eric. Oh, I was just going to say, it's. Uh, I think I'm on the same track as you. A lot of people go there with that. You know, it's yeah. so easy to slip into that mode, especially you know when your when your chips are down. You know, and you, and and you don't got you don't feel like you have many options, and your dreams have been crushed. I mean, it's a rough road it's a rough road. And, and that woe is me. It's it, that's a deep hole to get out of. I mean, it's, it is. I, I, I don't want to say I can't relate, but. Well, some of your military never, training I, though. I've honestly never had that problem. I, I honestly haven't. And, yes. and, and I'm 
I'm knocking on wood. I'm sure my wife will say he's a pain. I, and I know I am, but that's me. It's been me for 67 years. It's not going to change. She's put up with it. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, I think uh, like when you look at right now, especially, you know, a lot of people are having hard times. So, uh, it's not just yeah, the disabled yeah, yeah. community, but it's most, most of the United States are having very difficult times right now. Um, and it can be even extra hard on people who have disabilities with say maybe your healthcare workers not being able to be there or you know not being able to go out as much in public as you used to be able to go out or not being able to like frequent the places that you're used to frequenting because you're worried and scared you know Eric do you know Leonard Smith he works absolutely Leonard Smith is a great guy Uh, I did some of my internship with him actually when I met Leonard Smith he was an Air Force vet. He knew nothing about the PVA. I talked him into it because I was tired of being the vice, the president. I talked him into being our, our national director first because he wanted to learn more about the PVA. And, and so I, I was the national director, but I've been trying to retire for the last five years <laughs> and I'm still here. And, um, but when you mention your aide not showing up, when you're a national director, I have nothing but respect for him because you, you travel back and forth to DC all the time. They have three meetings somewhere in the country, three times a year. And a lot of times he would call me and said, my aide can't make it. I told him, I said, when you can't make it, I'll fill in for you under duress but I'll fill it in for you. And I have total respect for him because he rides public transportation. I hate public transportation and he's on it all the time. Yeah, and he's and, in a power chair too, right? Yeah, he's in a power chair. Yep. And our, our executive director, Peter Quinn, who I talk about all the time, he's also in a power chair. And these guys never complain and I don't know if I could do that. They I, never complain, like ever, ever complain. I mean, do they complain to me? No. Now <laughs> they may complain to someone. He complained to me about his aide not showing up and and me having to fill in for him for the last minute. But that's that's not complaining. That's what I told him I'd do yeah. if he took over the job full time. Well, he that's, make it. that's just good social networking there too. You know, it's, Hey, here's my situation. Can you help me out? I mean, that's, that's just social networking really. But so he's now our president, so he, he got into it. He got into it quite well. Nice. Nice. But, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, that's one of the, the major differences in, in life between being a higher level quad than it is than somebody who is a para or and that sort of those sort of thing is is having to deal with that extra worry of an aide or a, a nurse or all these things that you have to actually add on top of not being able to work or not be able to walk and being in a chair and life changing and all those different things and and it's been one of the more difficult things i think in my life you know um dealing with i that think too. 
the PVA, the VA, and being involved the way I was. I mean, to as a service officer, to leave my office in DC and go out to West Virginia to the VA and see a colonel who taught high level math at the Air Force Academy, who doesn't even know his name now. That's just, that's just, wow. that's a tough pill. And, and, and the, same, the same thing with a lot of guys that I've seen. I mean, um, my basketball coach in, 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 in Baltimore, he coached us the Baltimore Ravens. He's lived all of his life with all of this shrunk down to almost nothing. But he plays, he was one of the best wheelchair basketball coaches I ever had. And so it's just, it's, it's kind of like, it's all about, it's all about you. You know, I, it's all I think about it, you. Another thing too is, is the, the company you keep, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think one of the time, one of the times or major breakthroughs in my life is when I finally decided that I would surround myself with people who have disabilities as well. Um, I think in the very beginning, um, almost everybody I was around was an able-bodied person. Uh, and then when I finally made the conscious effort to be like, hey, you know what? Like, I need to put myself in around other people to see, one, what is possible, two, if I'm missing something, and three, like, to be able to get that positive energy off of people on days where you might not have it, you know? Um, and I think that makes I a big I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people may think that helps them by being around a lot of people that are able-bodied and not associating with those that are in chairs, but are you really doing yourself a service or a disservice? I think you're doing a disservice because you're not, you're not truly learning how to deal with your situation. What you're doing is, is masking it and pretending and you can't pretend when you sit in these chairs, this is real. Yeah. This is real. And the best thing, that's why I'm a, an advocate of sports, because they, for instance, I went through rehab, and when they showed me how to catheterize myself, they made it like a surgical procedure. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Yeah. Every time we go out of town, I got to bring an extra bag for catheters and all of this stuff and then by playing basketball you see these guys and you learn yep. it's just not true no nope. it's, it's quick and dirty true. it's quick and dirty <laughs> it's quick and it's dirty not. that's how it is <laughs> you know and, and 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 knock on wood i've never had a uti outside of the hospital i've had three and each time i was in the hospital yeah yeah Right That's out a right there. I'll tell you that much. Jeez. Yeah, that you can go UTI free. You know, uh, one of the things uh, I got to completely agree with you. So, growing up, I've had my disability all my life, and so I did not grow up grow up around people who had were in wheelchairs. I grew up in the country in Minnesota, and I was like this oddity who this guy was in a wheelchair, and um, boy, it wasn't. Yeah, right, right. I know, I know, right? I know. Say what? Uh, he's saying now it all. Makes... <laughs> um, 
And then when I got to college, I started meeting people in chairs and, and then I started playing wheelchair basketball. And it was at that point, I was like, holy moly. Then I started relating in a whole different spectrum to people. And, and when I finally got here to Arizona and uh, became a part of the community here, that's when I started really to, to drop my guard a little more and to realize that, wow, there are so many similarities going on here. I got a lot to learn from these people. And um, there's a lot of common, common relations that are happening. You know, there's a lot of ways, well, except for Sean, I, I cannot relate to that guy at all. He is an anomaly, but that's hey. beside the point. <laughs> hey, Sean, you asked me earlier, and I'm going to tell you what I thought was one of my better achievements while I was involved with the PVA. I was also on the board back in Boston of a, of a disabled uh, diving group called the Moray Wheels. And- um, Oh yeah, you were telling me about that. That's awesome. And we, um, we trained and, and taught people to dive at MIT. One of the board members was a professor at MIT and that was her thesis, was whether or not folks with disability could, could scuba dive with the compressed air. Right? Yeah. And so we Were went to war. Pig? Say again? Were you the guinea pig for this? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, I guess kind of was. <laughs> I guess we all kind of They're like, we don't know if this is going to work, but let's set them down there anyways. <laughs> Hey, well, I've done a whole lot of stuff that we weren't sure how it was going to work. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> what the hell? It's like I said, it's something new. But anyway, we had a guy and um, I think he was C3, C4. And they kept telling everyone would tell him, you can't dive. You can't dive. And, and the president of our organization said to him, well, we're going to Bonaire. And if you come out there, we will get you in the water. And to see the look on his face, we're only in 35 feet of water, but we swam around and it was five of us holding him. And, and the look on his face when we came back up, that was gold. Yeah, the amount of freedom that a person can feel in the water is just amazing. Yeah, I mean, especially after other groups. I, we went to war with with uh, Patty. There's two organizations that certify divers, Naui and Patty. At first, Patty would not certify persons with disability, and hmm. we went to war with them. And now they do, but I would never send anyone to Patty. It's the same. It's just they should not have had to go to court to make them do the right thing. But there's so many things out there. And the only way you're going to learn is to get out there. You only deprive yourself sitting back doing nothing. I know that for a fact. I mean, I think I've learned more from the mistakes and the dumb shit that I've done in a chair than I would have ever learned staying at home and doing nothing, right? I there mean, you go. Granted, I got scars and stitches to show for it, but what are you going to do, right? Well, tell me about it <laughs> uh gordon what's the what's the deepest you've gone in scuba diving i'm just curious because like 
I've gone snorkeling, but that's nothing compared to scuba diving where it just gets dark and you're just going down. We'll see. You know, I don't fool around where it gets dark. I've been down 156 feet. That's the deepest I've ever gone. That's but a I can long still ways. see the bottom of the boat. Oh wow! I, I, the only, the only, there's only been two places I dove off the coast of Maine in the winter time, and um, wasn't that cold? No, because we used those, we used those wetsuits. Okay. We were in some, in our regular cities. And we put on that and went down in this, went down and it was fantastic. My brother, my brother that lives in Atlanta, he's a diver too. We're planning to go back to Bonaire. Bonaire is a wonderful place. But diving, I, I suggest diving for everyone. The freedom, like you said, is just unbelievable. That's something I've I've been interested in trying at some point in my life. Is, is well, we've been try, we've been trying to get the VA and, and to start one out here. They they're not seeing the benefit of it. And it's not the benefit. It's the money that they're talking about. But yeah. there's, we're not going to quit on that. I think a, it's fantastic. There was a program that would come to Ability360. I forget what the name of the program is, but they used to train people to, it was a scuba diving program where you would scuba dive in the pool. And then the last one of the last ones they take a trip down to rocky point and go scuba diving. certification yeah that's that's yeah. that's all diving that's well take that back that's all civilian diving <laughs> in the military it's a different story but here you you do basic class work and then you do your 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 early stages are done in a, in a regular pool but most places like I went to Bonaire to finish off my certification. They said, oh, you want to go off the harbor? No, it's cold and it's dark. I don't want to do that. I want to go somewhere where it's warm and wonderful. And like I said, 156 feet and I could still see the bottom of the boat. That's pretty That's cool. diving for me. Now I have dove over these cliffs and I turned around real quick because... <sighs> Not like jumping out of a plane. I don't know where the hell that's going to land, if it's going to land. And is my air going to last? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, that I see if I if I came up a, like, you know, a canyon under the water, man, my imagination. I play too many video games and my imagination would be like, there's a monster down there. I'm not doing it. <laughs> We don't know what's down there. I was watching a program. We don't know what's down there. Oh, you're there, about to scare me, aren't you? But it's just too dark. In, oh. in certain places, they have what they call these walls. And all the, the color on them, the fish, it's just beautiful. But no, no. I look over and I can't really see the ground. I, I'm not interested, not interested. 156. Look, so hey, that's I'm write a, that in there. I'm in, uh, I'm, in, I'm interested in uh, one last factoid about yourself is that you are a Rastafarian. Is this correct? Yeah, you got to tell me what that means. <laughs> that means that means that um, we believe that there is a higher power. 
We don't call that higher power God. That's what you said earlier. We call it God. God. Yes. That's that's about it. I grew up. I grew up with a, a Jamaican dude, full out Rastafarian, and uh, surprisingly, he went into the military. He's two years older than me. He went in. We went to the same bases, the same basic training. He was a military policeman, and we ended up living with, living on the same street of each other. And uh, he's one of the few guys that I knew before I was injured that didn't get all weirded out by the chair. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's cool. That's it. I mean, it's no big deal. Like, like, I, like the song says, you know, you don't have to be dreadlocked to be Rasta. <laughs> it's mostly about a, a, a peace and about unity spiritual. and love yeah. and with the earth, unity with the earth and all those kind of you things. You have to listen. Out. You have to really listen to the music. And that's pretty much all they talk about. That's pretty much all they talk about. And earth. smoking, smoking ganja. Say again? <laughs> and smoking ganja. <laughs> well, hey, to each his own. <laughs> as long as you stay to... productive, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's a cool thing. Like, I don't know if if uh, if I've ever uh, actually sat and had a conversation with a, a, Rastaf a Rastafarian before uh, about yeah, that, so I'd like to one day with you because I've uh, I've I've spoken to almost every other religion that, that there is, uh, and I'm very interested in those kind of things. So maybe someday we'll get together and we'll have a conversation about it. Make that happen. That's easy. We both live in the Phoenix area. <laughs> That's right. And I'll be back at Ability 360 here soon once I uh, get over my fear of these rabid Ronas. Oh, I can't tell I, you how I'm just, much. I'm just tired of being in the house. My wife yesterday, she came and she says, you know, the, the state of Hawaii will pay round trip tickets for us to go there if we agree to stay for 30 days. And she, she can work from anywhere and she's the boss, so and I was like, no, if I'm going to go somewhere right now and stay for 30 days, I want to go to Aruba. I love well, I mean, Aruba. choices, right? I mean, Hawaii, Aruba, I mean, they both sound just horrible. Yeah, they do. I'm telling you. <laughs> Aruba's only seven miles wide. I mean, yeah, seven miles wide and 27 miles long. It's I mean, just... isn't, that, isn't that just quarantine right there? I mean, if you're in Aruba, you're quarantined pretty much. Yeah, I mean... But it's a wonderful, one happy island. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a, it's more affordable too, right? I mean, it's a more affordable place to go and and stay for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least and in my. It's, it's owned by the Dutch. In all my travels, I found that the Dutch really take care of their people. Hmm. Good to know. If only we could learn, huh? If only we could just listen and learn. There we go. I mean, I. I cut my wrist really bad on a piece of coral and I'm swimming and I see the blood and I'm getting nervous. And I go to the doctor emergency room, not one dime that I have to spend and saw doctors, x-rays, stitches, the whole works and uh, shots, the whole works. And when I did finally get a bill at home, $65. Wow. Can't beat it. And I had a buddy, 
a buddy that on the island of Bonaire, and he was a Dutch citizen. They're Dutch citizens, and he got sick, and they couldn't take care of him on on the island. They 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 flew him and a family member and put them up in Amsterdam until he got well enough to come back home. And Dang! If they can do that in places like that, you tell me why we can't do that here. Yeah, we're we're a pay to we're a pay to play nation, you know. Absolutely, it's all about we're, the money. We're a rich get richer and the poor stay poorer nation is what we are. That's yeah, the way it is. yeah, it's the way it's been, and it's not going to change. Unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll tell you so, what. I'm, I know we're running short on time. Eric, you got any last things you want to put out there or ask them or? Uh, no, you know, Gordon, um, no, uh, you know what, you are a wonderful guest and I really appreciate your time and I appreciate that you were willing to come here and speak with us and have a conversation about this and inform the world about PVA a little more and your life. So thank you. And remember PVA.org, or if you want to donate to the Arizona chapter, it's AZPVA. Dot org. That that will come directly to us. We had to, we had to we had to change our logo and our names because uh, Speedy Speedy got outdated. <laughs> Speedy was riding in a, a a a a wheelchair, big wheels in the back and small in the front, and smoking a pipe. So we had to be politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I enjoyed. I I'd like to come back and maybe on one of my adventures and and Sage Travel. Look them up. We had them. Um, they met us in Barcelona at the airport. They brought us to our hotel when it was time for us to go to the port. They had someone there in Rome. They had a guy to drive us. A, a really nice accessible van that would hold you and it's all planned out and it's a company owned by a paraplegic so my only problem is is they don't go to south america and africa that would be that would though though the flight would be excruciating to africa for me i know that would be excruciating you know flight. i thought the same thing when i flew over to barcelona but um look up Norwegian airline, not not the cruise people. By the way, they're my favorite people to cruise with, but Norwegian Airlines. We went over there and we flew first class, both of us, for the price of first class on another airline would have cost for one. And uh yeah. Big when I've been over to when I go to Europe, when I I always fly I always get the, the lay down sleeper ones. Yep. like those are just a lot easier to handle and manage that 16 14 16 hours of being able to yep. turn from one side to the other you know I, I was i was dreading it but it was actually very pleasant you know i got to the coliseum as a gladiator as a gladiator you know you want to see the coliseum where the real gladiators fought <laughs> right. and the leaning tower of pisa that was great but anyway, again, I appreciate it. Nice meeting you, Sean. We'll we'll you talk too. again for sure. 
And again, everybody, it's Gordon Moy, and that is PVA.org. Or That's where our national, our national headquarters is yeah. PVA.org. And we put out a magazine called the Paraplegic News and Sports and Spokes. Paraplegic News, I'm going to get copies sent down to, to you guys. And um, nice. everything that we do is in that. And if you want to donate to the chapter, it's azpva.org. Okay. And Ladies again, and gentlemen, the great, the powerful, Gordon Moy. Thank you. I'm just Gordon Moy. <laughs> hey, man, All right, guys. I enjoyed it. Have really me back. It. Thank you. And for that, Padre Pelagics. Peace. Peace.